thanks to my producer, uh, Heather Wade, located Madman. We've got him secreted away to a very special location where he can do an interview. That's right, Madman Markham. Mike Markham is here. Thank God. Frankly, I thought he had toasted himself, and of course you can't ever rule that out with this young man. So uh, that's where we're going tonight. We're going to interview Madman Markham. What an incredible, incredible find. Just a couple of things. My usual Skype lecture. No, you don't get away from that. I'll try and make it short. One great way to call us, whether you're in North America or the world, is by Skype. If you have a smartphone, and most do now, download Skype. It's free. Go to your toy store or uh, your update center or whatever and download Skype. When you do that, don't go to the place where you dial the phone. Go to add a contact. That's usually a little plus symbol that you want to find. Add a contact. And then you add us. If you're in North America, Canada, or America, you add M-I-T-D-51. Midnight in the Desert, 51, M-I-T-D-5-1. And then we will appear in your list of contacts. Simple as that. You can press the button in your contacts and call us. And it'll sound really good. Same deal outside of North America, anywhere else in the rest of the world, only you put in MITD55. Midnight in the Desert, MITD. Just the initials, upper or lowercase, doesn't matter. 55. All right. That said, let's see. What else? Is there anything else critical? Um, I want to thank everybody. I usually thank Telos, uh, Keith Rowland, Heather, especially Heather Wade tonight. Stream guys, LV.net, sales, Pete Ever, Everhart, uh, TuneIn Radio, Leo Ashcraft for Dark Matter News. Of course, my wife and my daughter who put up with my being gone and working a lot of the day. That said, in a moment, coming up is a man that you probably haven't heard. Uh, well, maybe on uh, tape. A lot of people have reviewed the interview of uh, Madman years ago. But certainly, you have not heard him in years. No, been a long time, Art. <laughs> <laughs> been a long time. 18, 20 years ago, right? The first interview, and then 18 years ago? Yep, something like that. Something like that. All right. Uh, gee, Mike, it's hard to know where to begin with you. Even back then, it was hard. Um, you connected, I think, with us... Probably we were doing an, like an open lines thing on time travel. Is that how we got together? Um, it's been so long, I hardly remember. That was probably um, it. Same as, if I remember right, somebody faxed you a, a newspaper article oh, about that's me, right. and that's you right. basically that's hunted right. me down. So <laughs> That's right. I hunted you down like a dog. Okay. Um, so at that moment, when I found you, uh, Mike, and, and, and I do, you know I use the term madman affectionately, right? Yeah, I'm, it doesn't bother me any, so. It's kind of stuck, though, huh? Yep. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, well-earned, really. Uh, when I found you at that moment, you were experimenting, the beginnings of experimental uh, time travel, and you sort of laid it out for me. So if you can remember how you began, tell me. Tell us. Uh, 
Um, well, back, way back when, basically, I, um, I just originally I just set out to make a fancy Jacob's ladder. So basically, two metal well, everybody, uh, two metal rods, spark going up the high voltage spark going up the middle. That's basically like the old uh, Frankenstein movies or whatever. Right. But, that uh, that was the first step, and I, if I recall correctly, you then modified it with lasers to yeah basically uh, i wanted to do something a little bit different so i decided to basically take a laser and have the laser ignite the arc so okay so if if i remember correctly the original one was about how tall not not that tall oh uh, yeah it wasn't all that powerful i mean it was uh, i mean i used clothes hanger wires so uh, i think it was it was something like a couple kilowatts Couple of kilowatts, and, okay. Yeah, and may, I had I had no way to measure the, the laser power, but it was it was hot enough. I mean, it was it was hot enough to where it, it lowered the resistance of the air to get an arc started. So, and that arc was about how big? Um, uh, well, it was twenty thousand volts at about hundred milliamps. So, uh, probably at the at the longest at the top before it extinguished, probably seven or eight inches long. All right. Now, with that early experiment, uh, Mike, was there uh, that little thing appearing above the the Jacob's ladder? Uh, yeah, it didn't exactly work as I expected it would. Basically, what happened was when I fired the the laser, the spark stuck where the laser was, and right above it, there was like a little shimmering, like shimmering mirage effect, like anything, like a like a road in the desert, I guess you could say. Sure. But it, but uh, this was like a like a small circular, well, circular spherical slash spherical looking. So I ended up uh, it's like, whoa, this looks strange. So uh, basically, I was wondering, well, okay, what am I looking at here? So, what have I done? <laughs> yeah. So I decided to uh, test it because uh, I still had some parts laying around. I decided to throw it, toss a screw into it, and see if, what if what if anything happened. Toss a and, screw into. The little circular shimmering, uh, shimmering thing that was above it. the uh, the the ladder. Yeah, I mean, the, it was almost. I almost didn't notice it. I mean, basically, it's it was almost invisible. So, but anyhow, I tossed it in there, and the screw disappeared. And then, roughly half a second later or so, it reappeared where it would normally be landing. So, <laughs> so obviously. Uh, being a, a scientist, you thought, I'm sure, I'm probably nuts, and I missed it, and so you tried it again, I'm sure, right away. Oh, yeah, I tried it several times, and I had the same thing, it did the same thing every time. And I'm like, whoa, this, I got to get a video, I got to get a camcorder and record this thing, and assume about not even 20, 10 seconds of within that thought, uh, my laser overheated and basically caught fire so (laughs) (laughs) where did you get the laser i mean at this early stage you had no um well money really uh so where do you even get the laser well that's doing things on the cheap like this it uh it ten things tend not to last very long and that's basically what happened the laser overheated a more or less salvaged it was a it was a diode laser out of a cd player so okay at this point you had not yet had your run-in with uh, the law, right? Uh, yeah. So, but yeah. Long story short, basically, I ended up. Uh, it's like 
well, if I got to rebuild this thing, let's go ahead and make it bigger. Right. So what you had was blown up, sort of. Um, I guess there were some salvageable parts, but uh, the laser was all gone. Yeah, it's like okay. I'm just. I could probably just use a CO2 laser. I mean, those tend to be tend to be high power to begin with. Expensive, but at least at least it would last longer. I I, I do have this question. Um, did you come to a conclusion, you know, after throwing that screw through a few times, about what was happening to it? Um, well, I mean, at first I'm thinking, okay, maybe. Did I just see what I think I saw? I mean, at first I couldn't. Basically, it's like, am I going nuts? Of course. Did I just, did I just hallucinate? <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean, at first I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm making uh, just making it invisible or whatever. But then basically, I didn't hear it hit the table. So if it's like cloaking it or whatever, it was cloaking the sound too. Right. So, so, so at this point, Mike, were you? Um endeavoring to produce some kind of time travel is that what you thought you were doing or did you not know what you were doing um well i mean basically I, well like i said when i first when i first discovered this i was just making a fancy jacob's ladder slash light show so <laughs> okay i didn't set out to actually go out and build a time it's like i want to build a time machine let's try this right uh, that's not the way it happens so <laughs> uh this is the way great experiments are formed um you know it starts off like this so here you are a burned up laser uh you need more parts you need more power yeah. obviously uh you know the screw had to had to have gone somewhere i mean did you even begin to theorize and think well where in the hell did that thing go yeah i mean I, at first i think in my maybe i just made it invisible but then i thought well if it was just invisible i'd still hear it hit the t it, see this thing this whole contraption was basically sitting on a uh, makeshift table four bay sheet of plywood right so even invisible is cool right yeah i mean so, they can they can actually do that these days with meta materials but not in 1995 so that had been a major discovery anyway so sure so either way it's cool time travel uh disappearing, becoming invisible, going to a different spot. All of it is cool, and you can't account for it with any known science that I'm aware of. So anyway, uh, you decided you needed bigger and stronger and more powerful everything. Yep. And, well, long story short, maybe the, the transformer I used for this, I wound myself... I'm surprised I didn't catch fire, too, because only at the time, back yeah, then, in 1995, too. I didn't have Internet access. So basically, if I wanted to learn how to do something, I had to learn trial and error. I mean, if I built something, it blew up. I knew not to build it that way no more. <laughs> so. Yeah, winding uh, yourself is problematic at, at, yeah, at the very I mean, least. Well, these these days I have Internet access. See, I mean, the, the, the basic the basic formulas to build a transformer have been around since the 1840s, but sure. in 1995, with no Internet access, I didn't know about the universal EMF equation, so that's right. basically where you start. Right. So, <laughs> and if I was calling, and, well, before I had Internet access, I was trying to, like, uh, call around and ask uh yeah, how do I build this thing? Uh, like, call around and ask the transformer factories. Yeah, I want to build this transformer. How do I do it? What formulas do I use? They didn't want to tell me that, but they wanted to sell me a transformer. So. Of course. <laughs> so you ended up just winding your own. Yep, through trial and error. Okay, and well, obviously you needed more oomph. You needed more power. And I guess that's when, and, and bear in mind, folks, at, at that, how old were you then, Mike? Uh, 21. 21. 
21 years old, um, and I think, were you working then? I don't think you were. Uh, yeah, actually, you I was were. living, I, I was working at the local, uh, I don't even remember the name of the, uh, industrial lumber sales, I think was the name of the okay, place. Was. that's right. Uh, but not rich. No, not by a long shot. Not by long. Okay, so at some point, your 21-year-old brain said, Transformer, hmm, Transformer, hmm, where can I get a Transformer or two? And uh, that's, that's, I guess, when you came up with the idea of looking around for a spare power company Transformer. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's like, well, I need more KVAs. It's like, oh, a pole, a pole transformer. Those those are powerful enough. They certainly are. So, anyhow, there's a King City. At the time, I was living in Stanbury, Missouri, and King, with uh, King City about maybe 10 or 12 miles south of there, there was like half a dozen of them just standing outside the fence uh, in, the, in the substation that powers all of King City. It was just outside the substation, so it's like... Obviously not in use at the time. No, I mean, that's, I mean, I've heard of people actually attempting to take them off poles, and I've never heard of a successful attempt from that. Not a good idea at all. No. Uh, and these were just, what, sitting on the ground? I'm uh, sitting on, like, a little makeshift bench outside the fence. They were, I mean, they were, they were, obviously, I guess they were used for spares. Some of them were just taken out of sure. service due to their sure. age. So Sure. And, and And you saw them sitting there, and they were saying to you, Come here, Mike. Get me. I mean, it's like, well, if the utility, local utility aren't going to use them, I can. So, <laughs> so you loaded up. Uh, what did you do? Take a truck over there? Um, I paid a, a co uh, basically a friend slash coworker of mine. He had a pickup truck, so I basically paid him basically a hundred bucks to uh, drive down there and help me pick these things up because they wait. These things aren't light. I mean, when the utility Hooks them up on the pole. They got a crane to do it. Oh yeah. So they oh. weigh like 300, 215, 215, 215, 215 pounds each. So they're not light. Um, how did you even get them up on the? Tr I guess it took how many of you? Um, three of us. Basically, it was him, a friend, of, basically him and a friend of his, and me. So. Well. And it was still, it was still basically. Uh, a struggle to get him in there, so but we managed. So. You know, Mike, um, the police would usually call those people co-conspirators or something else. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was basically, I more or less, uh, uh, basically told them, "Hey, I'm the mastermind. Don't basically." Uh, well, of course, Don't. they're not going. They'll take that into consideration, but they're not going to say, "Oh, you're the guy. You're the main guy that did it." They're just going. They're not going to let everybody else go. Anyway, think, uh, you, you got I mean, away I, with them, right? I, I ended up doing the most time, but they didn't get off scot-free. So. I see. Yeah, you did do some time. There's no question about that. So, um, so you uh, got these Transformers, and you got them back uh, to your, what, apartment? Uh, yeah, my, well, I was living in a house. In a house, okay. So, yeah. uh, and how long did you have the Transformers before, you know, on the door? Um, probably uh, I'm going for memory, rough memory here. I'm going. I want to say like uh, anywhere from four to six weeks, maybe. Oh, four to six weeks. Okay, yeah, so I that's. Took him, that's I remember taking him in January, then getting arrested like at uh, early, maybe in February. I think. No, I got arrested January twenty. Actually, it may have been December when I took those. Well, it I'm, was, I'm it was now. Long ago, I don't know the exact date. Sure, that's fine. Uh, I'm yeah. now interested in the time between when you got them to your house. And you got arrested. Uh, were you able to actually 
firing one of them up. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of, sort of. Basically, I, one of them I couldn't use with the rest of them because I, I, eventually I was going to basically wire them all together. Well, I couldn't use – I didn't see there was like half a dozen of them, so it's like I, I was only going to take a couple, and I figured uh, – same basically this is if i get busted this is going to be about the same amount of time no matter what anyway so might as well get to take the rest basically i got greedy so (laughs) well yeah tell people a a transformer of this sort that goes on a pole uh typically converts um it's 14,000 15,000 volts uh, you know it depends on what kind of pole it is yeah Uh, and, and well, that's why, yeah, I mean, that's the reason I couldn't use one of them, so I ended up converting it into a piggy bank, so, because <laughs> it, was, it was an old one. I mean, it was only rated at 2,400 volts, and oh. I had 2,400 volt lines in forever, Yeah, like, like 50 years, so. <laughs> so. So the one that you actually used was what? Um, well, a bunch of them were 7,200-slash-12,470-Y, so. So you're basically, you're using them backwards and then, Putting them in in series, yeah, right? yeah. What they do is step power line voltage down to twenty two forty for your house. Well, That's I was right. basically feeding it backwards, putting two forty in, and getting right. twelve thousand out of it. That's right. And then going, I guess. Uh, so you used only one, or did you actually have them in? Eventually, I was going to wire them. Basically, uh, the other, uh, uh, the other. I was then going eventually going to use four of them and basically link them. Basically, parallel the primaries and series the secondaries. <laughs> so, and get, oh, good and get like 50,000 volts out of it that You way. never did that? No, I ended up getting busted. Before um, that. Before that. Okay. But you did do, I guess you got to do one exper- or some experiments with one transformer wired up? Uh, yep. And, well, basically, these, these days I know to use some sort of ballast or whatever, because if you short it out without a ballast, it'll draw about 20 times what it's rated for. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, and it was a 25 kVA trans... Oh, wait a minute. I mean, no, that one was sitting in the living room. I was only using, a, uh, I think, a 10 kVA was on the back porch at the time. Uh-huh. So, but without a ballast, 10 kVA times... That's 200,000 watts, so... Right. That's right. Anyhow, when you draw that kind of power, you end up crashing a good-sized chunk of the grid. I didn't crash it all together, but I was browning out a good-sized chunk of the town. So, yeah, which they didn't pop you for, right? Um, believe it or not, that is not exactly what caught the. Basically, I mean, they knew something. What the heck's going on with a power grid? That's what the local utility supervisor <laughs> was going, wondering what the heck was happening. So, um, but but you didn't do jail time for that. No. Okay. Uh, well, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was for the theft. It wasn't because I was basically making the power grid go nuts. So. Okay, well, tell me, when you, is, and, oh, let's see, where to go? Slow down, Art. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you obviously had to feed all that voltage and current to a new Jacob's ladder that you had put together, right? Yeah, and I couldn't use close hanger wire for that because oh, it would no. simply melt the wire because oh, yes. it was too much. Yeah, I mean it was at uh, well twelve thousand volts at several amps. So <laughs> okay, so what are you using now for the the ladder? Um, I think it was like half inch metal rod. So good idea. Aluminum. So yeah. Yeah, good idea. Um, okay, uh, what about laser? Uh, did you still fire it with a laser? Um. Well, that's that's another thing too. Basically, um, well, what I, what I ended up doing is I ended up uh, uh, rebuilding the the uh, the CD laser. I guess you could say. Actually, what I did is I ended up starting another one. Just got another CD player. So yeah, they're cheap. 
And what I was eventually I was going to do, it's like, oh, here's a CO2 laser tube that uh, this guy had. And I was like, I was going to eventually save my money and buy that. But there was like $1,000, so I was going to take a, take a while. So, yeah. Um, so, all right, you fire this one up, and that's the point where you sort of denigrated the grid of the town. Yeah, yeah basically it was browning. Uh, browning out the town. Yeah, well, not the whole town. I, at first I thought it was the whole town, but as many complaints I was hearing at work, it's like, hey, you got to, because I was basically all my coworkers were saying, hey, basically you got to be careful about that. My lights were going out. <laughs> And that guy, and basically, those guys live like several blocks from me, so it wasn't like a local area. So yeah, those kind of power outages are really bad. The brownouts kind of can damage stuff. Yeah, it was like well, the 120 volt outlets was dropping down to 80 or 90, so oh, that, that's good. And they were asked basically the utility supervisors going around town asking all the industrial people what they were doing. Yeah, if they were doing any heavy welding or whatever. So <laughs> the the power company would know sort of the general area from which this problem was emanating. Yeah, well, I mean, Stanbury is a small town at the time. If I if I remember, I did, it only had like 12, maybe a thousand, not even a thousand people in it. So. It's. Yeah, I don't even think they had a stoplight. So certainly not after that experiment. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, uh, what happened with this bigger ladder? Um, well, I mean, as far as making things disappear with it, I'm not sure. I mean, I didn't really had have to basically get to a chance to uh, do a lot with it before I ended up getting busted. Oh my. So, but uh, I did make a couch disappear, but I did, that's the weird part is basically a, ca- a couch disappeared, but I didn't see anybody. I didn't toss in the couch, and the thing wasn't on at the time when it disappeared. So, well, I, I what else does, could you possibly it. attribute a missing couch to? Well, I mean, at the time it disappeared, I had I did have a, a few friends over, and basically, I mean, uh, we were uh, had like a little uh, party. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, basically, it's like, and at first I thought they were praying a prank on me because they knew about it. At the time before the, the media caught, uh, caught wind of what I was doing, uh-huh. I only told like four or, five of, four or five of my closest friends about it. So, All right, so how did you get busted? Did they knock on the door suddenly? I mean, um, how did this well, happen? Did somebody else give you up? What happened was uh, basically a relative of a friend of mine. Uh, he's not exactly the... Uh, basically a genius. Uh, he decided to take a BB gun. A friend of, a friend of mine said, uh, basically loaned me his BB gun or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, well, this other uh, friend, of, basically a relative of a friend of mine, basically I had him over. I can't remember what the heck he was there for. But anyhow, long story short, uh, he finds a BB gun and decides to shoot birds with it. Thing is, though, when he was doing that, he wasn't thinking of what was behind the birds, and he ended up shooting a couple holes there across the, and, and my neighbor's sliding glass door across the street. Oh, so I yes. got them calling in a vandalism. So I got the cops calling in vandalism, and that got him sniffing around. Mike, uh, welcome back. Uh, thanks for having me, Art. All right, so here we are: some somebody with a BB gun committing vandalism. Somebody calls the cops. The cops come. Look at the vandalism, and then how do they get you? Well, uh, these transformers—they're—I mean—they're pretty big. They're about the size of a trash can. So, oh yeah, they were—they were, were kind of—I mean, <laughs> I guess uh, I don't know if the local utility already reported the transformers stolen or whatever, but 
not as not just everybody has a transformer like a utility pole transformer sitting in their living room so they're wondering they're probably wondering what the heck is going on here so they were able to look in what did they do knock on your door i mean how yeah, did... they, they came in with a search warrant searching uh, for oh, a bb gun oh. and i guess i guess uh they were i guess well that was actually i think the, if i remember right the transformers were on the search warrant too so what oh. they were looking for and well <laughs> they made no effort to hide them so well they'd be they i don't know where you'd right put them there. i don't know where you'd put them anyway they're too big yeah i mean i'm so long story short i basically got busted red-handed so okay all right so uh in you go they sweat you i'm sure for your buddy's names and all that kind of stuff and then eventually you have a court date right Yep. Uh, ended up, ended up doing uh, 60 days in jail and five years probation. So. My God, five years probation. And that brings another another thing to mind. Well, I mean, it was a Class C felony with just because of the value of them. So. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, anyway, you're, somehow I remember your parole officer actually called my show. Yeah, that was it was actually the uh, the arresting officer, uh, Tom, uh, what is his name? I can't remember. He's oh, actually a good guy. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it's a small town. Everybody knew everybody long before all this went down, so. Okay, and, well, um, so he's part of the legend now. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah, it's like, uh, and I didn't make a, basically a resist arrest, and basically, we didn't hold, we don't hold, and he was just doing his job, so I don't hold a grudge against him, yeah. so. Yeah, so. so, the power company gets their transformers back. You go away for 60 days. That must have screwed up your life, but good. Because by then, I don't know, you probably don't have a job anymore. Um, yeah, my former employer thought I contaminated his plant with PCB, so that's I don't think he wanted me to have, <laughs> come back after that. So. All right, so that's the early Madman story. And I, of course, I thought, and I called you Madman because I was convinced you were going to absolutely fry yourself alive and turn into a French fry. There are other people who have been involved in time travel, uh, Mike, that I've had on the show, and honest to God, Mike, they're gone. I, I don't know where they are, uh, whether it's Teeter or Anderson, others that we've had on the show, they're gone. I mean, they're gone. You can't find them. Anyway, um, so we need to come up to date from the story back then. I, I, I know that after I did the show with you, um, you... Uh, <laughs> You gave out your phone number and address and stuff on the air, right? Yeah. By the way, that was you. You you volunteered to do that, remember? Yeah, yeah. I didn't make you do that. No. want that on the record. Yeah, I figured out what what, what bad could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Now you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh And good. I mean, it was good and bad. learns through experience. (laughs) Yeah. And so at this point... You, um, you're out of jail. You want to build something even bigger and better. And uh, there was a good aspect of your being on the show. I mean, you got donations. You got money from people uh, and help from people. You got some, tra- I believe you got some Transformers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, uh, well, Transformer lam- laminations so I could build my own. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of help, actually. Yeah, I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, I got I got some money out of it, but most of it was actually equipment. So, and I believe somehow you also came up with a warehouse. 
Yeah, that's that was that was the beauty of it. Basically, this guy said, "Well, you pay the young electric bill, but you can do, basically right now it's empty. You can do what you want here for a few months." So it's like, okay, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Were you uh, yet re-employed at that that point, or? Um. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the place, but yes, I did have I a job. That, 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 when I got out of jail, I ended up. Uh, uh, well. I was kind of pari- a pariah in Stanbury, so... <laughs> Why were you many, a pariah? I mean, in a small town, there's not that many uh, jobs there to begin with, so I ended up moving to St. Joseph's when I got out of jail, so... Well, you know, I would think after the show, you would have been almost a hero in town. But you say well, pariah. Not ever. basically, not everybody's like, uh, oh, he's the nutcase to build the time machine, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. okay. All right, so you were now at a new location, and now you've got a warehouse... And you've got enough money to be dangerous. So you, at this point, start building what? Um, Well, long story short, I realized that uh, actually I did a lot of uh, did a lot of thinking in jail uh, when I was in jail. What could have caused this? I mean, sixty days in jail—that gives me a lot of time to think. It does. So so I ended up. Basically, long story short, I realized that it would be more efficient if I used magnetic. Because I was thinking, maybe okay, maybe it's, there's a maybe it's a rotating plasma that causes this. Right. So I figured, okay, maybe it'll be more efficient if I use uh, instead of using uh, basically heat from a laser in a cold room. The differential, the the temperature difference between those two to stir the plasma, maybe even more efficient if I use the magnetic field to stir it. So. That's what I ended up doing. Use the magnetic field to do what? Um, basically, it's, uh, well, in simple terms, this thing looks like a, basically a plasma tornado. So, <laughs> How do you form a plasma tornado? Um, well, basically, this thing looks like a, well... <laughs> I think on your second, your when I told you about this during the second interview, like back in late '96, early '97, I right. can't remember when it was. Um, basically, it looks like a, you called it a Stargate. It's not really well. It doesn't exactly look like a Stargate SG one, but because for one, it's it's vertical instead of horizontal. So, okay, but again, what what formed it? Um, well, is what I ended up using was a bunch of cascaded transformers. Cascaded transformers. So, how yeah. much at that point? How much voltage were you producing? Uh, th- uh, three million volts at one amp. But there was twenty-four <laughs> phases. So, three million volts at an amp. Yep. Good God, that's enough. Yeah, that was basically big spark. So, and you were pulling this from the power company this time. I presume well, not all over from the power company. This oh. other, basically, I had generators too. Basically, I was trying to avoid. Uh, raising a stink with the utility, so I learned from that too. So, <laughs> yes, okay. So, you built a large Jacob's ladder. I mean, this time, how big? Well, that, at this point, it wasn't really. A, a, well, it wasn't really a purposely a purpose Jacob's ladder. Basically, it was uh, what it was was a. Uh, basically, two screen like uh, concentric, like two cylinders, one cylinder inside the other. Right. With uh, a magnetic, with uh, another, basically a circle of uh, magnetic uh, electromagnets around it, stirring it. The whole, basically, so basically you got uh, a bunch of plasma, like uh, inside of it, with a magnetic field rotating it. 
You know, what you are describing, I'm, I'm sure you've heard stories of the Philadelphia experiment, right? Yep. Well, they described a similar electronic setup uh, with regard to the rotating magnetic fields. Is this where, I mean, did you get any of that story? I mean, is that, is that where some of your idea came from? Um, not directly. I mean, I've heard of it basically, but I didn't know. I knew they used RF. Well, right. I'm basically, I'm at the, I was at the other side of the spectrum. I was using Magnetics. low frequencies. Yeah. So okay. in the plasma, it wasn't just like, the, like from my original Jacob's ladder, it was just plain old 60 hertz sine wave right. AC that you get from any outlet. Well, this was, uh, it was, I was using square waves where I could actually, it was easy it was, Controlling the duty cycle is easy to control the voltage that way. Right. So, because you can't find, you can't really find. It's hard to find variax rated at megawatts. So, man, I'll tell you, if you're using square waves, I bet the ham operators heard you for miles. Well, that's that. That was the beauty of the warehouse. It was metal, so it acted as a ah. day cage. Okay. Did you wind all these uh, electromagnets yourself? Uh, yep. So you must have been like in that warehouse every day every day every day working oh, yeah. i mean basically i technically i lived in st joseph missouri but the warehouse itself if i remember right was in overland, overland park kansas which is basically a suburb of kansas city so oh okay so yeah and that was a long commute so I, most of the time i just hung out i just hung out the where i most less most of the time i just ate and slept at the warehouse so right got it uh three million volts at an amp uh so You've got these rotating magnetic fields, and then you've got, you said, a cylinder inside a cylinder. Yeah, instead of just two metal rods, right. with a spark in between, basically, well, at any, at any one time, there's actually 23 sparks, because it's, it's actually each one of those 3 million volts. Right. Uh, there are 15 degrees out, there's a... 24 phases, 15 degrees out of phase, like three-phase industrial power, 120 <laughs> degrees out of phase for that. Right. Well, this was like uh, 24 phases, 15 degrees. Wow. Each other, so. Okay, so you two of these separated in, in a Jacobs-like ladder configuration, right? Yeah. And then these rotating magnetic fields. Uh, by now, you're using a lot of power. Lot of uh, power. Yeah, I mean, basically, I couldn't. I mean, it, the warehouse had, uh, if I remember right, the red ha the warehouse had 400 amp three uh, three phase 480 available, but even that wasn't couldn't do it all by itself. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, didn't you at some point think, look, I'm work. What I'm working with here is not just a little dangerous. It's kill me dead dangerous. Oh yeah, I mean it only takes one mistake, fifty to hundred milliamps to kill you, and that's this right. is an amp. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and, and it only takes maybe, and with that kind of current, it only takes maybe a couple thousand volts to get that kind of current flowing through you, and this is three million. So oh yeah, I think in the electric chair it's like twenty five hundred volts, something like that. Yeah, this is three million volts at an amp. Oh god! All right, so um, it took you how long to build this thing to the point where you were ready to test? Oh, geez. Uh, I would say probably 18 months, I guess. 18 months. Yeah. What, well, yeah, but basically uh, the, the guy that owned the warehouse, he originally, he, uh, well, the deal was like maybe three months or so, and it ended up, he kept it like, well, this is pretty cool. Okay, I'll go ahead and let you stay a little longer. Let's go ahead and stay a little longer. So he actually came and checked out your act? Oh, yeah. I mean, I figured, well, he's nice enough to let me lay on the warehouse. I'd let him out, basically let him watch, too. So <laughs> Sure, sure. So. Did he want to see the big test? 
Um, well, yeah, I mean, him and uh, basically everybody that donated stuff, I more or less let them more or less let them in on the project. So. Okay. Wow. Um. All right. So. I and remember together, talking I to you. All together, I think there was like uh, 25, maybe 30 people. So For the big test. Yeah. I really wanted to come out there myself. Um, and I, I've got to be honest with you, Mike. I, I thought you were dead for a long time. I, you know what? I bet you, I bet the, I bet the people that donated too. Once I didn't ended up disappearing, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think we are a little bit, but, um, honestly, I thought you were dead. I thought you were gone. I was pretty sure you'd fried yourself or that you had been. And I thought about this too, Mike, that you might've been successful and you might be in a different time. And anyway, let's continue. So the big test comes. All these people are watching. You fire the generators up. You've got the incoming power. And what was your test going to be? Um, well, at first I was I was tossing um, basically uh, hamsters and guinea pigs in it. So Really? Yeah, living, I mean, living things. Yes, it was small things before. I'm not just going. I, I mean, at the time, I had basically a more like almost infinite risk tolerance. I guess you could put it. <laughs> infinite risk tolerance. Um, well, anyway, okay. So hamsters and guinea pigs. Uh, how did they fare? I mean, what happened to them? Um, well, basically, instead of a just a screw, like a uh, like the, um, like um, uh, basically like the original experiment where I made a screw disappear for half a second. Well, right. these guinea pigs, they were disappearing for uh, anywhere from one to two minutes, and they were basically uh, either 100, uh, 50 and 150 yards east or west of the where they disappeared. East so, or west of the point of disappearance, but not north or south? Nope. And uh, basically, as far as why, I'm thinking it has something to do with the Earth's magnetic field. That's the only thing I can think of. So, Well, that's interesting. Um and they were they would show up how far away from the test point? Uh, between fifty and one hundred and fifty yards. So people had to go out and hunt for these things. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like okay, this disappeared. Let's we gotta let's see where it showed up at. I, yeah, I mean at first it was just uh, what I did is I did some low power tests and basically made it disappear farther and farther away. Right. So. Um. <laughs> And yeah, but all that. So the, you, you had you had witnesses, as to expect. Basically, the, the further away it was, the harder it was to find them. Sure, um, but so. I mean, you had witnesses uh, at that point, or yeah. not? Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah, so, and I actually, I was actually getting video of these all this stuff. So, so you have that video. Well, that's well, that's what sucks. Uh, we'll we'll get to that part all right. eventually, all right. but. All right, anyway, you were getting video of it, and you were tossing these animals through. Uh, how how big was this thing at this point? Oh, um, it was basically, uh, going from memory, uh, uh, I would say about the outer diameter of it was about 17 feet, wow. maybe 15 feet tall. Really? 35 feet off the ground, basically. Well, 3 million bolts is difficult to insulate. 
Now, basically, having to, I was actually part of the reason for the 24 phase stuff because basically adjacent phases are a lot less voltage than 3 million. Sure. But in reference to ground, it's still 3 million volts. So, and 3 million volts will jump 20, 27 feet. So, <laughs> oh my God! So 30, 35 feet, you say above? Yeah, it was, 30, yeah, it was raised. The whole the whole contraption where well, the hot part of it was yeah, 35 feet off the ground, uh, off the floor. So. And the thing itself was 15, basically from the bottom of it to the top of it was about 15 feet. So so these people and you could observe these animals disappearing and then and then find them. And when you found them, were they intact? Um, yeah, I mean, they were perfectly fine as far as I could tell. I mean, obviously they can't talk and report me and tell me how they feel or anything. But not. yeah, but as far as like physical condition, they were they were fine. So what? At that point, Mike, you've got to, I'm sure you began to think, we're in another realm here. I mean, what we're doing with these animals at this point is is what? They disappear, they reappear elsewhere. So did they travel in time? They certainly traveled in space, and they certainly disappeared. So at this point, what are we talking about? Well, I don't know. At, at first, I didn't know if it was a... Uh, if it was uh, see that's the, see that's the problem. Basically, when it, sometimes it took it took hours to find these things, and I don't know if that was because they were gone for hours and they, they just, we just happened to now find them, or they been, basically we just found them. They were like gone that whole basically they were gone that whole time. Or, I understand, right? So, uh, I mean the 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 smaller scale stuff. What was happening? Basically, they were basically disappeared and then they reappear again. So. Right, so it's hard to tell if they ran from where they appeared. Yeah, outside and yeah. and, you and, and well, them. I mean, with the with the inanimate objects, basically, uh, basically. Uh, I mean, at first I was trying uh, like basically things like uh, baseballs, fruit, stuff like that. So and the same the thing happened to the inanimate objects. Uh, they yeah, showed I mean, up. Out- obviously, that stuff's not going to run. So no. <laughs> No, but where where did it show up? Uh, same place. Uh, I mean, the small scale, the the, small, the low power test, basically anywhere from a few feet to a few yards from where they disappeared. So, so the higher the voltage and power, the further away they would they would go. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep in mind. Uh, plus, it, it, well, that's another thing I was trying to figure out is what exactly controls. The, the where this stuff shows up at was it the voltage or the power or was right. it the speed of the rotating magnetic field or what so all right and that's where we're going to leave it um wow i'm beginning to learn new things now i was sort of caught caught up to a point but there's much more to come mike madman markham is my guest and we have now covered uh the <laughs> The early years, I guess, is, is really the way to put it. Um, so, Mike, welcome back. Um, somebody asks a question. It goes back. Otis wanting to know, how do BB gunshots warrant a search warrant? Uh, well, remember, on that search warrant also were the transformers, which means either they knew ahead of time. Did you ever find out, uh, Mike? Did they know ahead of time, or did they go over there and say, ooh, Look at that. Let's go well, get a search warrant. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm here's this is just a guess. Um but uh I'm guess here's uh my guess is um that uh 
the guy that got busted for the BB thing, he more right. or less uh, spilled the beans on me to give him get, so he could get a lighter sentence or something. I don't know. Uh, what yeah. That's uh, my that's what my guess is. I, I never have figured out exactly what happened though. All right, do me a favor and back about an inch away from the phone. You're you're uh, it's really oh, a good no. connection actually. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? I can. I, I hear you fine. Uh, it okay. just eliminates the the popping. Okay. Uh, all right. So now. Here we are. You're experimenting with animals. Uh, they're turning up elsewhere. They're disappearing and then turning up elsewhere. So you've got to sit down and start. I'm sure you were asking yourself, okay, so what the hell's happening here? What have I? What am I doing to these creatures? Obviously, they're okay, but is it time travel? Is it just shifting? Is it? disappearance and and shifting of location or i mean you had to begin to wonder about the theory of what was going on yeah i mean yeah i mean the the low power tests they were actually well they weren't just uh stopping once like disappear in the in the the center of the tornado and reappear uh like nearby right away sometimes they would disappear for a minute sometimes two minutes so well, uh, when did you begin considering? I, I remember interviewing you, and you were considering yourself. You were considering trying this thing yourself, and that's, well, that's yeah. kind of what I last remember, and that's why I thought you were dead. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I got pretty confident i mean i got pretty bold and confident after so many successful tests there was one test where i tried a grapefruit or an orange i can't remember what it was it was something similar to that some citrus fruit and uh i that was never retrieved so i don't know if it ended up in space disintegrated or what but so but i tossed uh, if i remember right i tossed in like 200 uh, objects animals all together there was like 200 some odd tests so Boy, and that, that, that warehouse must have... Un, unretrieved, under, unretrieved objects. So. Okay. That, that warehouse must have smelled like ozone. Oh, my God. I, yeah, basically, I had to... There's... Uh, well, in the roof, if I remember right, or near the top of the roof, there was, like, ventilation uh, fans, and, yeah, we had to keep those running to keep from poisoning everybody from with nitrous oxide, so... Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> um, all right, so... Now take me forward, as you will, because I, I kind of don't know what happened next. I, I just I, I thought you were going to jump into this thing, and I thought you were going to fry alive, and that's like the last thing I remember. Um, well, I ended, basically, eventually, I ended up testing it on myself because, like I said earlier, basically hamsters and guinea pigs can't talk. No. So. <laughs> no, you had to give an awful lot of thought before trying it yourself. I mean, for one thing, a hamster is, or a, a guinea pig is really small compared to a yeah, human, well, human well, the inside dam- Well, that's, yeah, that's a concern because the inside diameter of this thing is only like five feet across. So if I... And keep in mind, the top of this thing is like 50 feet off the ground. So, and well, if it doesn't work, if I jump in and I don't, it doesn't work, I'll probably break my legs or my neck. So, Absolutely. Um, so. so there's so many points of failure. You could jump through and keep going, and as you point out, hit the floor and break probably your neck and be dead. Or you could jump through. Part of you would touch the wrong thing and. What would have happened to you if you'd done that? 
Um, well, that's the, the, the most of the say with as far as the electricity goes, most of it. I, I wasn't about to test the theory and find out, but the, the inner, <laughs> the inner, uh, the, well, the inner uh, electrode, I guess you could say, was grounded. So. But uh, well, usually if you touch a grounded optic with that kind of voltage, you're going to get a piece. You won't you won't necessarily get the whole three million one amp, uh, basically three megawatts, but you'll still get a piece of it, and probably enough to kill you. So. Sure. So, so you climbed up, and I I can't even imagine. I mean, you had everything turned on, humming like crazy. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you probably what were you on a ladder? A uh, cherry picker. A cherry picker. So here you are on a cherry picker, and you've got to figure out how to jump out of the cherry picker and through. Yep, I ended up just crawling on top of the bucket. So. Yeah, and and how long did you sit there and think about it before you jumped? Um, well, that's uh, that's the thing. I figure I figured if I had to think about it too long, I'm going to check it out here. I mean, normally, like at the time, like I said, I had almost infinite risk tolerance at the time. I mean, somebody dared me to do something, no matter what it was, I'd probably do it. So, <laughs> I mean, a uh, lot of twenty-year-olds are like that. So they are, and and a lot of them never make thirty. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, ended up. Uh, I don't know. I guess I thought of it about a minute or two. Basically, I made sure everybody made sure uh, the camera was right. Because, like I said, if I would have thought about it too much, I would have said, "Okay, this is dumb. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it." Mm-hmm. So, well, why not? I mean, this is an obvious question to me. I would, I would have some kind of cushioning, you know, like they do with stuntmen, uh, where they have cardboard boxes and other stuff, so that if you did hit the floor, you might live. Well, keep well. Keep in mind, uh, the only thing insulating the bottom of this was air. If I stuck anything below, there's between the, the between the top, the bottom of that thing and the and the floor is uh, basically three million volts trying to get the ground. It basically burn anything you set under. Uh, basically, you put it underneath it. Oh, well, that's right. So, so I mean, there. Well, even with thirty five feet of distance, you get a lot of corona. So absolutely. Well, thirty five feet is definitely enough to kill you if you land the wrong way and probably kill you no matter what. Yeah. <sighs> All right, so you climb up on the bucket, and you jump. And then what? Um, well, long story short, it feels like I got hit with a flashbang, and I wake up, and I'm 800 miles east of there, and two years later. So that's basically, I ain't no other way to put it. <laughs> 800 miles east, and two years gone. Yeah, well, so, so basically what I did, I then I'm cranking back. I'm more or less, uh, well, it's not very scientific in hindsight, but what I did is cranked everything max, basically to the max. So, because I wanted to make sure that I actually leap because rather than hit the floor. So, <laughs> <sighs> so when you woke up, did you have memory of what you had done? I mean, what condition were you in when? Uh, well, when I came, basically, when I came through the other side, so to speak, uh, I had total amnesia. It, that uh, that uh, EMF and that all that uh, magnetism basically messed with my brain. So, <laughs> I'm sure it would. I, I believe, like other mammals, we have magnetite, don't we, in our brains? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's basically your brain's electrical electrochemical. So right. basically, yeah, magnets will mess with electric fields. So. Right. So how could you possibly have gone 200 miles 
and and it was east, you say? Yeah, well, yeah, this was in Overland Park, Kansas, and I ended up, well, the nearest town I landed near was like uh, uh, Fairfield, Ohio. You can, go, you can Google map that. That's basically eight, more like, roughly 800 miles east, so. 800 miles. But it took me it took me quite a while to figure out what basically to remember what the heck I did and then I figure out okay where the heck am I. So and where were you? I mean when you woke up what were you on the ground? Were you in the yeah, middle of a shopping the center? In the mid- basically in the middle of a field. So Oh, that's that's actually at least lucky, I guess. Middle yeah, of a field. I mean, I, well, yeah. I mean, uh, I guess it rides uh, the Earth's gravitational field, so I don't I don't end up in space. So, which was basically one of my other concerns if I tried to leave too far. So, of course. Oh my goodness! So um, here you are coming. Your clothes were okay. You were okay. You were stunned. Yeah, I mean, I, well, yeah, I, mean, I was saying you. It's okay, basically, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't on fire. Other than basically, my nervous system all screwed up. It was basically the equivalent of getting hit with a flashbang for uh, I'd say anywhere from thirty to thirty minutes to an hour. I mean, I, could, I was. I couldn't basically. I couldn't for a minute. I couldn't even remember my own name. So for a minute, um, I get that. Okay, that's shock. You were in shock. Uh, clearly. How quickly did your memory begin to come back? Um, I would say probably an hour. It took me probably an hour or so to get my bearings, and it's like, okay. I, I mean, in 1995, I don't remember if they had GPS or not. I know, well, actually, this is not. Well, okay, that's another thing, too. Basically, I did this in 1998, and on the other side, when I landed in Ohio, that was 2000. So 2000? Yeah, so basically, not only did I jump eight hundred miles, but it was two. It was uh, skipped over two years too. So actually, a little over two years. This is all the time I thought you were dead. And well, for from everybody else's point of view, for two years I didn't exist. I mean, if you if you basically do a, a social security search on me, they for two years they won't be a peep. Oh, I believe it. I trust me. I believe it. I searched for you. <laughs> I looked for you, and you did not exist. Uh, it's true. Um. So I, I, where to pick up on the story? All right, so now you're you're slowly beginning to remember, um, but at this point you don't have a home. You're uh, what eight hundred miles away from where you ought to be, or where you started. And as your memory slowly comes back, I mean, what do you do? Do you go up to somebody's door, knock on the door, or wander into a town, or what? Yeah, eventually, well, it's like, it's like okay, well, I just, well, it's in the middle of a field. I figured, okay, just maintain one direction. Eventually, you'll hit a road. Well, at least if I get a road, I'll, I'll have some idea where I am. Well, and what, basically, long story short, I ended up uh, meandering my way to Fairfield, which is, uh, well, it's not exactly a small town. It's it's uh, just north of uh, Cincinnati, so. Okay. Ended up, uh, yeah, I ended up basically, okay, from Fairfield, it's like, okay, I know where I am now. So, and long story short, I ended up going from Fairfield to a homeless shelter because, keep in mind, uh, well, after a few hours, it's like, okay, oh, I remember my name now, so. Um, Madman, did your... ID, I mean, like, did you have your wallet with you? I presume you probably removed any metallic objects before you jumped, I would hope. Yeah, yeah, which included my uh, which included my ID, my credit cards, and all that. So, because it went, it was, with these magnetic fields, it would have been erased anyway, so. 
So you didn't even have ID on you? Nope, I had to go to the DM. Basically, eventually, once I figured, remember my name, I mean, after a couple of days, I remember my social security number, so I had to go to the DMV and get another one. Holy smokes. So, so yeah. here you are, utterly homeless, uh, without ID. You slowly begin to get ID again. You're staying in a homeless shelter, and you have no memories of those years. No, I mean, basically, I mean, it was, it's weird. Basically, it, it erased. Uh, I mean, I, I could still remember, like, old memories, but basically the newer, the newer stuff, like, from the previous five years or whatever, I couldn't remember squat. So, huh. other than Bell, like I said, for a while, I couldn't even remember my name, but eventually I got that back. So, and actually, that was the first thing I got back, and then I remembered, okay, it, it started coming back to me, so. Oh, so weird. All right. All right, Mike. Um this is such an incredible story, and I really do, again, I want to add myself that I searched so hard for you, and you were just gone. Yeah, so, that, was, that was, well, that's, uh, basically, that's another weird thing, too. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure everybody's Googled their own name before, but yeah, I guess uh, there's probably, there was hundreds of other people looking for me, too, so. Yes, yes. Uh, when you... When you were picking yourself up off the ground, Dale, I get these computer messages and they're helpful, wants to know, did you need a shave? Um, no, I mean, it was, from my point of view, it only took, I was only, uh, only I was only gone a couple of seconds, I think. I mean, I got hit, it, it, the, the closest approximation I can think of is, is as far as experiencing this myself, I mean, it felt like I got hit with a flashbang. That's the closest approximation of it. Yeah, fair enough. But I mean, you know, a lot would have changed uh, if your body had actually spent a linear two years. You'd be shaggy. You'd have a long beard. You have long fingernails. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, that's well. That's the thing. From my point of view, if it only took it only took a couple seconds. When, so. Okay, so when did you first learn? Oh my God! It's the year two thousand. Um, at the homeless shelter. Uh, long story short, I ended up. Uh, did I already mention we got to the homeless shelter in downtown Cincinnati? Uh, you told me you went there, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, eventually I made myself to the homeless shelter in Cincinnati, and, well, every day you get a newspaper. They get a newspaper there, and it's like, wait a minute, this is two, basically this is 2000. So at so. this point, you've got to either figure, no, there's only one thing you can figure, and that, that, that is that you, in fact, traveled in time. Because yep. otherwise, the things I just talked about would have been true. You would have been shaggy. You would have been had giant long fingernails, uh, and and so you did travel in time. And I'm, I'm when did that hit you? That my God, I really did it. Um, it took actually. I was in, when I seen that. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, the time travel movies don't really uh, basically. Uh, they don't really uh, depict it accurately, like the reactions of people when they realize they've done that. So, I mean, I was in shock for a while. So, <laughs> Well, you know, movies need a little romance and drama and stuff like that, so you have to expect they're going to mess with things. Um, but it, it, it must have it dawned on you that, my God, I actually did it. I traveled in time, and 
then I guess did so you began to establish yourself. You got ID again. Did you get a job? Did you stay yeah, in the area? I got I got a few. I had a few. Uh, basically, got a few temporary jobs. Eventually, I got to most of my memory back. I mean, there's still there, even today there's still holes in it. Really? So. Um, long story short, I ended up uh, taking a basically saving up, getting a few temp jobs and saving up my money, and ended up getting uh, going back, basically catching a greyhound back there. And so you take a greyhound home. I'm I'm sure you want to go back to the warehouse and see what's what, right? Yep, and uh, go back there and uh, uh, basically the it's uh, go back there and it's gone. Basically everything. And you mean you don't mean the warehouse? Well, no, the warehouse. No, the warehouse. Keep in mind that okay. Basically, this was back in two thousand, like fifteen years ago. So right. I go back there, and uh, I mean the warehouse is there, but it's basically all my stuff inside is gone. So gone. That's a gone. lot of stuff to be gone. Yeah, I mean, well, two years. I mean, this is all. I got. That's plenty of time for. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know. Because basically, I was going to try to uh, hunt down all my donors, and basically, that, well, that's another thing too. I couldn't remember the people that donated. So ah, uh, and a lot of people did, I guess, donate, huh? Yeah, like uh, like I said, probably twenty-five or thirty people. So all right, so here you are. You're back at the warehouse, and it's empty. All your stuff is gone. And I'm wondering, okay, what happened to it? Uh, of course. And, yeah, it's like, and then also you had, uh, and, a, got, and basically I was gone, like trying to fill in the past two years of what happened, and with everything, the whole darn planet. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I have to sit down and read the New York Times or something, I suppose. I, anyway, did you contact the owner of the warehouse to try to find out what had occurred, or what next? Um, well, that's the thing; I couldn't remember the guy's name. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, we're not going to reveal where you are now. We're just saying you're in a secret, secreted away location, which happens to be really true. My my producer got you to a special place for this interview tonight, right? Don't say where it is. Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to keep that to myself. Like I said, live and learn. <laughs> yes, live and learn, indeed. Um. So, what is ahead for Madman now? Um. Well, uh, basically, eventually, I'm going to try to uh, rebuild that thing and test and see. Basically, I don't know if I want to do that again or not. <laughs> that kind of, like I said, that kind of messed with my head. So, if you build again, and I have this really strong feeling that you will. Um, would you build to a even larger scale? Would you, uh, in other words, attempt to prove to the scientific community what you say is true, or what would your objective be if you build again? Um, well, that was the, basically, like, keep in mind, uh, when this, uh, when everything, when I said everything's gone, even my, uh, my documentation for this thing, I don't know what happened to it. So, which kind of, I mean, I, even the time machine itself, even if I still had the, all my notes and stuff from right. it, basically I could say, okay, here, basically I could give it to the world, say, here's what I did, repeat it. So, I mean, if, I, if you can't repeat it, it's the whole thing is kind of useless. So, well, 
not really, uh, not useless, but um, it would be wonderful to be able to document this. There have been some physicists, theor- theoretical physicists, for example, that commented in the article uh, that we have up on the website about you and about everything that occurred, and they didn't feel like you traveled in time, but they didn't know what happened on the other hand either. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, well, they brought up uh, that, well, if this is true, if you, uh, then why don't they create vortexes with every lightning strike? So the thing is, though... Yeah, but that's not fair. Is, that's not fair. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't really stir a lightning strike. It's, it's, it's there and gone so quick. So. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, but your magnetic fields could essentially stir it. And, uh, and you were almost soup or... Fried chicken. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's the thing about. It. I didn't even have one single RF burn mark or anything on me. So, I mean, it mess with it, the magnetic fields mess with my brain. So, <laughs> but other than that, do you remember enough of your system that if you wanted to rebuild it now, you could? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's not a hundred percent, but I would say probably between ninety and ninety-five percent. So the rest, I could, I could basically do the trial and error thing and figure it out again. So, do you think right now is? I mean, keep in mind this thing probably costs several million dollars. So if I if I actually had to pay cash for everything, right? So, um, Mike, do you think that um, time travel? in either direction is possible or only forward? Um, well, here's the thing. The, the, from my previous experiments uh, of going in reverse, because at first it's like a, um, I tried to hold the portal open, so to speak, and basically that way I can walk through and then basically walk back, come back to where I started again. Yeah. But, well, every time I've tried that, I've crashed the power grid. It takes way too much energy. It's basically, I agree with all the other physicists as far as that goes. Basically, backwards time travel. Um, well, let, let's put it this way. Basically, time travel does not work the way Hollywood depicts it. Oh, I've got that. I mean, yeah, you could you can basically go backwards in time, but not to any point you pick. I mean, basically, I was like, oh, cool, I want to go see Christ. I want to go see Christ's crucifixion. Um well, unless you build a time machine at zero, uh, uh, zero or four BC or whenever, actually thirty-three B, uh, thirty-three AD or whatever, unless you actually build the machine at that time and have it powered up at that time, you can't return to that time. So, okay. if I build the machine, long story short, if I have the machine powered up tomorrow, yes, I can't come back to today. So, huh. so those two years, it's like they they just don't exist for you, which means that you did not age during those two years. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, long story short, I mean, it, as far as the, the time travel aspect <laughs> of it is, it basically works the same way as uh, general, uh, or basically relativity. All your long stories are, I'm, I'm noticing, short. Um, so we, we've got a good long show, not that long, so you can make <laughs> long stories medium, that'd be all right. Uh, we have uh, classic stuff here, Mike Madman Markham. You have now heard his story, I think, to date. Um, I'm sure there's, there's much more to say. Uh, for example, um, Mike, here's a question. Um, somebody wants to know why, for example, weren't the police there or somebody to stop you from jumping through? 
I, they had to know that you were you were building up to it, right? Um, well, that's the thing. Uh, I kind of <laughs> after the, all the publicity, I basically the only people that knew about it is the people that donated. So I never told anybody else. Not the people I at work. Nobody. So. <laughs> Well, that really does make sense to me because somebody surely would have stopped you, right? Um, I don't know if they would have or not. Uh, I mean, technically, it'd be kind of hard to prove it was a suicide attempt. <laughs> I mean, and when it went, exactly wasn't. So. They they, they might have looked at that equipment and figured out it was a, a going to be a suicide, whether no matter what. Uh, hold on one sec, Mike. All right, so phone lines are open, folks. Here it is. Finally, they're open. You can ask questions if you would like, and I'm sure you have questions. This is a man who's traveled in time. Area code 952-225-5278. Put a 1 in front of that. 1-952-225-5278. If you're calling on Skype, MITD51 or outside North America, MITD55. Uh, they probably would have, I think, uh, uh, Madman figured you you were going to do yourself in, and they, you know, somebody would have stopped you. I'm sure. Well, nobody did. <laughs> nobody did, as it turns out. But uh, had I mean, they, if you, get, if you check out, I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos where everybody. I mean, they actually have suicide videos on YouTube. And, really? Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> if you there's all, I mean, there's just about everything on YouTube. I mean. If you look hard enough, but there's all sorts of weird things on YouTube, including that stuff, and uh, including some guys standing on top of uh, uh, electric trains, basically uh, just reaching up and grabbing the the 25,000 volts of power of the train. And no. when you do that, uh, it zaps you like a bug. So <laughs> that's right. All right. Somebody wants to know because there was a rumor, Mike, that you did an experiment with a cat. Is that true or not? Um, no, I don't know where that came from. Probably somebody probably made that up due to lack of information because basically uh, after the first round of publicity, I just, I more or less made up my mind. It's like, Oh God, I can't stand being a celebrity. So <laughs> yeah, you don't, I know you don't seek out fame. I'm very well aware that you don't seek out fame, um, Mike. And, um, and so it's a, honor to have you on the show it really yeah, is way, yeah no not everybody i mean like like every even like every hollywood uh actress or actor actress whatever i mean not all of them basically uh like the limelight so <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of like i kind of like uh i compare myself to jody foster i mean i don't mind uh basically every now and then but as far as people knocking on my door 24 7 uh it's really, I mean, it really, it's to, to me, it's disconcerting having, having somebody I don't know run up to me and ask for my autographs. So. <laughs> I, I, I know the feeling. Um, so. Go to restaurants and people want to, anyway. Uh, listen, Mike, um, people want to know, uh, if you were to do this again, I mean, let's think about it for a second. You could conceivably hopscotch into the future again and again and again uh, maybe you could figure out a way to do it with less trauma to your own person and you know you would still be a young man in the year 20 whatever you want yeah the, the, the i mean like i said the problem is it's a one-way trip i mean it's like the same thing as using relativity yes 
So well, it is a one-way trip. That that, well, that's the advantage of. I mean, everybody. It's already been scientifically proven. You can use gravity to dilate time. Well, basically, I'm using electromagnetism, which is ten to the thirtieth times stronger. Right. So right. I don't need. I don't need basically a black hole to do this. So. <laughs> um. You know, they're getting ready to try to create a, a black hole at CERN. Uh. You have any thoughts on what what might happen when they do? Um. Well, they're going to be basically. I'm I'm with uh, everybody else, like as far as all the other physicists, physicists as far as that goes. They'll, they'll they'll be so small they'll evaporate almost immediately. I hope you're right. I I really hope that's what happens. Well, I mean, if not, it'll swallow the Earth at nearly the speed of light, and we won't even see it coming. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be over. Oh, just like that. Um, all right, on uh, on Skype, you are on the air with Madman. Hi. I think it's somebody Talk named Torch. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Art? Welcome it, back. Thank you. Uh, I want to tell us the key thing that you really need the most is funding, right? Um, funding or equipment. So. Okay. Well, if you could travel into the future or even if you can travel into the past, wouldn't the number one thing would be to find out what the numbers are going to be for tomorrow and well, <laughs> come, that, when come I, back I and play those numbers I, and, and you'd be able to fund yourself with millions of dollars? Well, I mean, obviously, that's the first thing I thought. I, when I told the – when I first uh, – I actually had a reporter ask me that back in 1995 when uh, it's like, what were you planning to do with this thing? Right. When I actually told him, I was going, oh, I'm going to go into the future, get the lottery numbers, and then come back and give them <laughs> to myself. I mean, I actually, when I told them that, I was actually laughing when I said it. It was a joke. I mean, I didn't think they would take it seriously. They hung on every word I said, so. <laughs> that, that would be the key to do, though, don't you think? Uh, well, that's the problem. Stopping, the thing stopping me from doing that, though, is I don't know how to go in reverse. I mean, the time, I, I mean, like I said, I can't go back before I turn this thing on. Uh, the best I could do is turn it, like, if I turn it on today, I can come back, go to tomorrow, and then come back to today, but I have to keep the thing on the whole time. Is there any way you can send, like, information? so much energy, I can't do it. It It, can't be done. Yeah, he was asking if there's any way you can send back information. Um, I haven't really looked into that. I mean, I've heard of, uh, basically, I've heard of other people, uh, basically, like, uh, use, like, uh, like this one guy supposedly made a TV that can see the, like, see the future or whatever, but I haven't figured out how to do that yet, so... What would really bother me is to lose you. I mean, really lose you. I, I thought you were lost for two years, uh, Mike, and now I have this feeling. I just have this feeling that you're going to rebuild somehow. Well, that's uh, that's the eventual goal, anyway. So, I mean, it may or may not happen. Now, there's this. Uh, I can't. I guess if it happens at some point in the future, I can't really say that it didn't happen, but. Uh, I've, there's this story floating around me on the internet where I ended up back in 1930 crushed in some tube with a cell phone in my hand or something. Well, as far as I know, that didn't happen. But that's not to say that I don't do it at some point in the future. I don't see how because I don't know how to go back to any arbitrary point in the past. So you know, I've got to say that even going forward in in hops, going forward in hops, and holding your youth at the same time, if you didn't have to end up with a headache, no ID, and in the middle of a field somewhere, would be pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the the foolish, looking back on it, the foolish thing I'd done, I mean, basically was I didn't wear a Faraday cage when I dumped, dumped into it. I didn't think I needed one. Well, I guess <laughs> I know you, better now, so. <laughs> guess you did. All right. Uh, let's go to, I don't know, Kansas City on the phone. Hi, you're on the air. Hello, Art. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you. Okay, a couple of things for you. Um, I'm a skeptic. I love your time travel talk. I, lo- I love hearing it. I love reading it. It's great. Are you a skeptic um, of what Mike did? Well, not necessarily. Um, the proof is in the pudding, naturally, okay? Um, the thing that bothers me on a situation like this, you travel in time, you lose track of two years, a uh, person can go into a coma, Okay. My my thing is a two-way travel. You go forward, you come back. You go back, you come forward. Well, that would be now, ideal. It would be ideal, and it would be the real proof, okay? And the other thing, and Mike, this is for you, okay? Um, I have a lot of close family, a lot of close loved ones. Keep track of me. What did your family say or think this time you were gone? Oh, good I mean, question. A really good question. Um, how about it, Mike? Um, well, they basically they thought I vaporized myself, so they were freaked out. <laughs> Did they submit any reports to the police? Did they, you know, a missing person report or anything? You know, actually, well, that's actually one when I, that's actually one of the first things I did when I was in that homeless shelter. I ended up going to the library and doing a search myself and see if uh, and nothing turned up. So basically, I don't know if they filed missing. Uh, persons or not, basically, they said they did, but I can't find anything. So, all right, here is somebody named Clay, who is on um, the wormhole, saying, um, "Has Madman ever considered creating a Kickstarter page to fund yet another project with the proper funding? He could even keep a video blog to record his results, thus proving the experiment works." Um, you know what? That's actually a good, I, I never actually considered that. I mean, usually with Kickstarter, it's things with the, that that that. Uh, well, I mean, with uh, at large, there's probably so much skepticism. I didn't think it, I don't think I get that much anyway. So okay, so but, it's yeah, not I mean, a bad. It's, idea. Not, it's actually an idea. It I mean, is. I mean, and one of your uh, original callers from back the from '95, they asked me if I was going to be publishing. Well. I'm not your typical, uh, basically one of your other, like one of your other guests. Most of your other guests already have like a book published or whatever, and then they go on your show to promote it or whatever. <laughs> yes, I know. You don't have a book to sell, right? Yeah, I don't. I, it's like I've never, that's one. That's my weak thing. On the technical side, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a math and science guy. But as far as uh, basically the English side of it, when I was in college, I barely passed that. All right, here's, so, here's what I recommend, Mike, uh, seriously. There will be a lot of people who would be willing to uh, ghost author for you or co-author for you. So, in other words, you could, uh, in detail, with drawings that, uh, if you can remember, of the equipment, the warehouse, the whole thing, everything that's happened beginning to end, as you've told it on this story, uh, on this show, rather, but in more detail, and write a book. I I recommend you do it. Um, Now... I'm not sure how we oh, connect. Stephen, well, I did remember Stephen Hawking's publisher said every formula, including you, including this, is going to cut your cells in half. So, <laughs> so uh, if we have a publisher who would like to do this, how about I have them contact my producer? You know her, 
Very nice girl, Heather. Yeah. Right? And and maybe you should make a book deal, Mike. Yeah, if somebody, yeah I mean, if somebody else is going to write it, I mean, I could write all the techniques, basically the, the, the meat and potatoes of it, and they can more or less do the rest. So. Man, if anything deserves to be published, it's this. And that it would go a long way toward, uh, I think, funding any project you want. Uh, it's just a, an idea. David, yeah. you're, you're on with Madman Markham. Hello. Art, man, looking good. I see you on Periscope. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, question for Mark, uh, or Mark Mike. Uh, Mike. So, Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's intriguing because you don't really have an angle on this. I mean, you don't have a book deal, like you said before. Um, you know, Art kind of found you back in 95. So what What about the witnesses? I mean, can, is there anyone out there that can uh, corro- corroborate your story? I mean, where, where are they at? Maybe we can find them tonight. I don't know. Well, I mean, um, well, I mean, basically, like I said, I, that's, I can't remember. Uh, there was, what was her name? Uh, her last name was Sanderson. That's the only one I can remember. So, but yeah, yeah originally, yeah, really there, was like, there was like 25 or 30 people that basically were there when I was running this thing. So... All right, just like the police officer who contacted me and actually went on the air. I mean, how often does that ever happen? Yeah, that was yeah, that was a uh, that was a uh, uh, crap. I just said it earlier. Oh, Tom Hampton. I'm sure he could be found. I'm sure that some other people yeah, who yeah, were I mean, funding I, you I actually, uh, yeah, I mean, when uh, he's actually still an officer in Stanbury, as far as I know. So wow. So yeah, basically, well, you know, small town people they more or less grow up and die there. So. I do understand. Yeah, I hope you can find, uh, you know, so, some of the people that were there in the warehouse, you know. Right. Um, I think it's a wonderful idea, caller. Thank you very, very much. Um, you know, and put it all together, chronicle it in a book uh, as best as you can remember it. The, the, you know, I, I understand that your memory got harmed, um, certainly, and that's not a surprise. Yeah, uh, I'm just. Like, well, it's like it's like. Uh, well, when I was uh, talking to uh, Heather like yesterday, I was right. like, t- and I, I was like uh, telling her about this uh, experiment where they were basically taking these eight Tesla magnets, which is a really really strong magnet, but they actually got it. The tech uh, is mature enough where they actually make that handheld. And they were actually doing, uh, showing it off for the Discovery Channel, where they were actually taking that thing, pulsing it into some guy's wow. brain, to where, and he's counting from one to ten while he, while this thing's pulsing in his head, and right. and it, it was actually messing with the speech centers where he couldn't talk, where he couldn't count. I believe it. I so absolutely like, believe it. Guys, so it's like, uh, these guys are PhDs, and it's like, oh my god. How can you, you basically know more about this than I do, and you're still doing it. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like you were in a uh, a timeless coma for two years. I don't know how else to think about it. I mean, you've got to ask yourself. I certainly ask, where was Madman for two years? Where were you? Um, did you simply jump through that time and? land on the field it seems that way yeah i mean as far as i could, I didn't like i said i didn't physically age as far as i could tell i mean my fingernails were the same length as they were i didn't i didn't have that not even one days of not even one day's growth of uh, uh, facial hair so okay. uh, as far as i can as far as i could tell i just skipped over that two years so <laughs> all right uh let's stay with the phone and go to next whatever next is hello 
Hey, Art. This is Tom from Florida. How you doing? I'm doing well, Tom. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to... I missed part of the show, unfortunately, and I just wanted to ask, Mike, did you have any feedback from the government or anything? Did, did any government officials get in contact with you? I mean... That's a very, like, very good question. A very good question. I mean, question. well, that's another thing. I mean, Hollywood, basically, they'd have... They'd have to. They'd uh, they'd have me. Uh, the men in black show up and make me disappear. Well, obviously that didn't. That didn't actually happen. So, did anybody from the government at all contact you? No. Basically, you would think they would. I'm sure they. I mean, they have spy satellites everywhere, so I'm sure they know about it. But no, nothing. They. I didn't hear a peep out of them. Nobody. No. Nobody came knocking on my door, offering me money, saying, "Hey." Come work for us. We'll get, well, basically we'll give all give you all the funding you need. I, I mean that works. That happens in every Hollywood movie you ever you ever watch. But not real uh, life. Reality is a little bit different. So God, that's incredible, Mike. Uh, you would think that some government agency, DARPA, somebody. Yeah, I mean you'd think. Yeah, you'd think. Uh, yeah, Department of Energy or DARPA. Or, yeah, really, actually DARPA because basically they're. I mean they fund all sorts of strange things. So yeah, you'd think they would be. Uh, coming like knocking on my door checking hand but nope didn't happen if they were to come to you now what would you would you cooperate with them or or not oh uh usually i mean this is the thing with darpa uh well i don't have first-hand experience with them but i'm willing to bet they try to militarize every (laughs) I mean, basically, the check isn't free and clear. There's always strings attached. I hear that. (sighs) All right. Um, Very quickly, let's try this. You're on the phone uh, and on the air. Hi, Art. What a pleasure to be on the phone with you and with Mike. Um, First of all, I want to say that I appreciate your your interest in time travel because... Never ending. Yeah, because you have such an interest. It, uh, it allows all of us who also have an interest to enjoy these uh, topics in, uh, in depth. Um, but my question is this. Um, we, we know, obviously, that he ended up in our dimension. In other words, when he, when he went through this so-called time machine, he didn't go into, like, another dimension or an alternate future. He obviously was stayed within our own dimension, our own time, our own space. So that begs the question... Um, the Earth is in a different spot two years from now. So if he ended up in the, in the same locale, I'm sorry, the same dimension as, as we're Well, no, in. no, wait a minute. He moved 800 miles, remember? No, no, no. The Earth... I'm, I'm with years. you. I'm with you. Yeah. So in other words, why didn't he materialize in space? Um, we're at a break, and I have to break. So, Mike, that is kind of a, a cool question. Uh, and one worth considering during the break. I'm Art Bell. Mike, uh, welcome back. Yep, glad to to be here. Um, Jasmunda from Down Under, I know he's in Australia, he's wondering um, if you were upset that you missed the Millennium New Year's Eve. Um, Well, kind of. Technically, the Millennium wasn't told. (laughs) Depending on who you ask, the Millennium didn't start to 2001 anyway, so. (laughs) Good point. Uh, it is depending on who you ask, indeed. Um, but of course, it's just gone, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was kind of depressing, but <laughs> I'm more. I was at that point. I was more excited than depressed. So I completely understand. Um, all right, I believe it's Trey from Atlanta. Hi, Trey. Hey, Art. I'm 
I'm sort of reticent to say this, but, uh, you know, I feel like with Madman here, and it, it is a huge honor to talk to you, I do you feel like even if you haven't personally in perhaps this reality have hit time travel, do you think an alternate version of you has? Ooh. <laughs> That's a pretty cool question. A lot yeah, of when you well, if you if you consider like the multiverse theory, I guess if there's infinite versions of me, some yeah, I guess so. I mean, if you think of it that way, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it, I'm, well, yeah. I mean, by definition, basically, uh, yeah. I mean, with infinite possibilities, everything that could possibly happen has happened, as far as that goes. But yeah, I'm kind of more concerned about. Me rather than alternate me's. So, <laughs> well, you are now how old, uh, Mike? Um, according to birth, my birth certificate, forty-two. But uh, really, only forty. Yeah, biologically, I'm forty. So at forty, you know, you're in your prime. There's no question about it. You're in your prime, and yeah, I, hopefully with luck, I'll have another forty. So, well, maybe you will. And again. What are you going to do with it? I mean, somebody who's already done the incredible thing that you've done can't just give up. Oh, of course, of course not. So you're so, going to you're going to build, aren't you? Well, if I yeah, if I can, <laughs> I, if I can, I will. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello there. You're on the air with Madman Markham. Hi, uh, I think the. Um Missing equipment in the warehouse, part of your story, is the weak link. Because it's easy to find out who owns a commercial building. We all know all you have to do is go to the local courthouse, records department, sure. or a realtor, or an attorney, and they will tell you the name of the owner of the warehouse. And you're much too brilliant, and you're not much, much too practical to have overlooked this because of losing all of your equipment and your notes. What's your explanation for this? Mm -hmm. And the video. I want The video, too. Uh, well, basically, like I said, as far as the video goes, all that disappeared with the equipment. But right. uh, believe it or not, I didn't, that didn't actually uh, cross my mind. So <laughs> as far as, like, looking up the realtor or the building or whatever, so why not? I mean, I would think you would definitely, definitely want to know what happened to your stuff. Yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, but like I said, basically, I, you know what? That didn't actually cross my mind. I mean, like, like I said, at first, I couldn't even remember. I didn't even have the the brains to remember my own name. So, <laughs> <laughs> if uh, well, I look. I know that the stuff was there. I know and that. I, and when I actually, well, yeah, when I actually went back there, I was. I actually stayed there for uh, stayed there for a week. But yeah, believe it or not, the week that I was there, I didn't actually think to go to the courthouse. To do you mean that you stayed in the warehouse for a week when you went back? No, I mean no. I just, in town, it was, yeah. I mean, it, it, it basically it made me really depressed being there and seeing it empty. So I, yeah. I got the hell out of there. So. I I totally get that. That would be depressing. It's like where did everything go? Um, overseas somewhere. Hi there. You're on the air with Madman. Hi. Hi. Um, where Where are you? I am in Japan, and for some reason I'm hearing myself. Oh, there we go. Okay. Good. Um. So. For <laughs> 
I was going to say that I feel kind of like I'm time traveling myself because I'm watching you on uh, Periscope, and it's about 15, 20 seconds ahead of the uh, radio that it's I'm listening to. It's a type of uh, time travel. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess I had two questions. Sure. Um, one of them, or a co- question and a comment. One is that on the DARPA side of things, if they... I mean, if everything that we hear is, or even if half of what we hear is true, I would think that they wouldn't really need you, honestly. I feel like, to a certain extent, they'd probably be way beyond what you're doing, and their only interest would would be to shut you up, if anything. Yeah. They probably just figured, oh, he'll burn himself up, or do it wrong, or he won't remember, or we've already done that, so we don't care. Yeah, it's kind of a good point, uh, Mike. If you've well, I, done you this... Know, uh, that could be why they haven't knocked on my door. <laughs> They already yeah. know, they already know more than I do. So there you go. And the question I, mean, I, I mean, had was: they have uh, billions of dollars to do stuff with. So I didn't get to hear the whole show yet. I'll go back and listen to it when I'm because I'm subscribed. But uh, um, you talked about the warehouse being empty. But did you have like a, a house that you were living in in the town? Is was that still there? Was your, like your personal possessions and stuff still still oh, there? Good question. Or did that get? You know, um, well, actually, at the time, the house I had at the time was in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, that, yeah, that was all long gone too. That basically, other people were living there now. Wow. So, so your family or anybody like keep any of your stuff? I mean, do you have any personal belongings or anything? Because I feel like that would be like I, a big I loss. basically had to start over. So wow. I'm sure. Basically, I don't know. Well, what happens to stu- the stuff when somebody disappears for two years? You will hear uh, when you listen to the rest of the show about his ID being gone. About mm. uh, it, a lot. Trust me. Um, I, I, I more or less. I, I basically, if I basically was in the same boat for with somebody, somebody's house burning down, and with their, with every all their possessions inside. I basically in 2000, I had nothing. So I imagine when you went back to back. yeah, when you went back to the warehouse, I'm sure it was just a gigantic, depressing moment. Oh yeah, I mean, here's what I imagine. I imagine that um, p- perhaps either whoever owned the warehouse or uh, perhaps the ten- tenant that came to the warehouse um, after you disappeared, literally, um, had everything just dragged away somewhere and, and probably put in, you know, the junkyard. I hate to say that, but... Yeah, well, I mean, well, there was a, those electromagnets were, yeah, yeah, probably. They probably sold it for scrap and got quite a bit of money from it because there was a lot of copper in that. So... I know they rip up copper, um, you know, from... Uh, Radio antennas have radials. They rip that up and sell it as copper. It's horrible what's going on. Uh, Daniel, hello, Daniel, on Skype. You're you're on the air with Madman. Hi, guys. Hi there. This is actually Dimitri, and Daniel's my son. He oh. was the one that put the call through, but I just wanted to say that it's a great honor to talk to both Art and Madman Markham. Thank you. I've listened to the original um, uh, broadcast back in the mid '90s when I was a teenager, and I was fascinated by the story. I well, in that uh, case, can you verify that uh, what you heard then is basically what you heard now? Yeah, except yeah. for the news. Yeah, I would say so. And I, as I said, you know, many years went on since the original broadcast, and um, it just this story just stuck with me. It was always in the back of my mind. I would think about it every now and again. I always wondered what happened to Madman and. Uh, you know, I tried every now and again to hop online and uh, try to see if there was any new information. Just maybe a couple of months ago, I probably spent a whole day digging online and, uh, you know, came up with little things here and there and actually uh, found the story about him, um, you know, 
appearing 800 miles away, and I thought for some reason that that was some bogus story. But no. now hearing it from you know Michael Markham himself, I gotta say, hey, you know what? That really did happen. But what I wanted to, uh, sure. to ask is, okay, so there was a warehouse where all of this equipment was um, set up, and you know I'm sure all these people were there watching Michael jump in. He disappeared. Obviously, you know, this was uh, – there was something to this machine, to all of this machinery. It wasn't just a joke. I mean, guy either teleported someplace, whether he went, you know, forward or backwards in time. Um, it doesn't matter because either one of those scenarios would still be out of this world. And I just don't see anyone scrapping this stuff because there is a lot more to it than just, you know. Oh, I don't know. A bunch of transformers sitting around, and I was going to say, um, tracking these people down wouldn't be that hard because obviously, at some point, you know, there's someone's name that was attached to the lease or um, yeah, of title course, of course. You know what house. else? You know what else is also possible, caller, and uh-huh. that that is that somebody did ex- know exactly what happened, and uh, somebody came in who know knew what they were doing and took it all away. Right. And then um, another thing I was going to ask is, whatever happened to the videotapes? I, I mean, I know, obviously, you know, Michael doesn't know how to get a hold of any of these guys. But, you know, you'd think that if something like this happened and someone got it on video, it it's bound to uh, make its way to YouTube. I mean, I've checked all over. There's okay, nothing, well, you so. know, the answer to that is all that stuff, the recording of all this was done in the warehouse. So this stuff was in the warehouse, including the camcorder, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, a camcorder, uh, several hours of footage, and my personal journal basically were um, more or less uh, right down the date and basically the experiments of day that that day I did. So, including, and, I would imagine your ID and and anything metal you had that you were carrying. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, can't, I mostly I usually had that on me unless until a day I was actually going to jump in because I didn't want that uh, basically erasing. So. Because there's like yeah. a magnetic stripe on the back, and if you erase that, well, it, yeah, you can't sway. It doesn't work anymore. So, mm-hmm. Right, but these people were at the warehouse when everything went down while the video camera was set up recording the whole event. And so you'd think that one of those guys would probably grab the camera after the fact or at least grab the tape so they would have some kind of proof of, hey, you know what? I've witnessed a guy either either that, time. Either that, sir, or they didn't want any evidence of this. True. True. Well, in any case, fascinating story. Sure Loved is. it. And you know what? I I really hope that Mike can uh, go forward with this. And uh, you know what? Maybe put out a shout-out, because I know there's a lot of people listen to um, the show that would probably like to uh, contribute, just like the folks back in the day did. And, uh, you know, I, I you know really what I think. I, I go forward. Okay, I thank you. I, I honestly think that one of the better paths now for Mike might be to find a publicist and sit down with the publicist and even if you have to do regressive therapy, you know, uh, in order to bring back some of the details that got blasted away when you went through, somehow commit all of this to paper and do exactly what everybody else in the world does, write a book. Yep, yep, that's... And uh, I'm actually looking at the... this one guy suggests uh, I'm actually looking at the website now. Go uh, go to tell him to set up a GoFundMe account. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, GoFundMe or, uh, uh, you know, well, that's crowdfunding, right? Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to avoid is, uh, well, I know this one guy, he supposedly had some sort of free energy device, and he basically, they ended up arrest, sending him to prison for securities fraud. So I definitely don't want to basically end up, go, end up going falling in his shoes. No, we don't so, want you back in the pokey again. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, I mean, that's, as far as that goes, that's what basically, well, he more or less said, here's a free, I, I got a, here I have an engine that runs on water, and, well, I guess he ended up uh, filing on his company on the New York Stock Exchange, and then he couldn't deliver, and, well, basically they more or less uh, sent him to prison for securities fraud, so. There are a few things that we do know for sure. We know you did the experiment. We know you ended up, 800 miles away from the point of the experiment, and we know that two years disappeared. People are asking questions about the warehouse, but I kind of understand if everything was gone, you'd just kind of, I don't know, throw up your hands in dismay, and you'd probably be a little disoriented. Hold tight. Madman Markham is my guest. He is not a French fry yet. And he may do it again. And it is an incredible, incredible story. No question about it. I think it definitely deserves to be in a book with lots and lots of details. And uh, is there anything left, uh, Mike? Are there photographs, uh, any pictures at all of the big equipment that you had set up? Um, Anything? No, unfortunately. I mean, Ah. drawings, but basically those are are redrawn from memory. Right. Right. Oh, that is so sad. So sad. And it seems to be something that happens in time travel stories uh, that we get even from others. It's um, oh, God, it's sad. Uh, Jack on Skype, you're on the air with uh, Mad Men. Hi. Evening, Art. Evening. Uh, Mr. Markham, I have a suggestion for you, sir. If you set yourself up a Patreon account and then link link that with a YouTube account and start making a weekly video, I can pretty much guarantee that everyone listening tonight and that's been listening to this kind of broadcast for the last 20 or 30 years will subscribe to your YouTube channel. YouTube will start paying you and then Patreon will start paying you. And that will fund your research. The only thing you got to promise us, though, guy, is that you're going to keep us updated on your progress. Um, do you want to do that kind of thing? It's a good suggestion. Um, do you want to get on social media? The trouble with it is, uh, Mike, that it does make you, a, a, you know, like a celebrity. And yeah, well, I mean, some, sometimes that's unavoidable, as much as I don't like it. <laughs> that's right. So. You're absolutely correct. So you consider that? Um, well, you, believe it or not, I already have, like, a YouTube account. I mean, I think it's been hacked because there's, like, stuff posting on it that's I didn't post. <laughs> so, oh, that happens a lot. Yeah, but... Uh, I know I know. two years in, in the bigger scheme of things is, is short, but I'm wondering, uh, did you... Were you jolted by the change in technology? Because we're, we are a fast-moving world. Was there well, any? Yeah, I mean, when I'm like I said, basically, I had to go to the library and catch up on what I missed. So, <laughs> was there anything that surprised you in in technological progress? Um, well, 
Yeah, I mean, somewhat. I mean, 1990, basically 1998. Uh, the main thing that I would think, uh, I was using uh, uh, first-generation IGBTs in my time machine. Right. Well, they had, by 2000, they had the second-generation ones. So I think they're up to like six or seven now. But <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, but, yeah, silicon technology was the thing that totally blew, mostly blew my mind. So, oh, yeah, they were making a big deal about gigahertz processors. Well, in 1998, they only had 233 megahertz. So <laughs> that was a big leap. <laughs> yeah, it sure has been. All right. Uh, Madman Markham and somebody in Colorado Springs, I think. Hi, hi, this is Kevin. A, comment, a couple comments. Sure. First, the question from the caller about why, why you wouldn't have ended up in space. Yes. If I jump exactly this moment in time, a year forward, would not I end up in exactly the same place I am now? The Earth would be in the same place in space. Well, if it was exactly, maybe if it was exactly a year. Um, and that's what I. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. I, I've got you. So you're saying, uh, even though it was two years. Mike, well, keep, well, keep, well, keep in mind the sun's not staying put in one spot in space compared to. It depends on what your point of reference is. Even there's like every. It takes like twelve thousand five hundred years technically to be in the same spot. But you got to remember the whole Milky Way galaxy is also rotating. Were so, you gone? It's a good question. Were you gone exactly two years? Do you know? Uh, no, it's actually two years and two months and some odd days. So. Really. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, as far as, you know, when that guy, actually that question was asked before we went to break. Right. But, uh, yeah, basically what happened was, uh, well, the other end of the wormhole, so to speak, I, got, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, basically, it more or less uh, rides, uh, well, it's riding, riding the center of the gravity of the Earth. So I don't have to worry about ending up in space. So. Wow. Wow. This whole thing but, is so incredible. And luckily, I, I guess, uh, luckily, it's uh, as far as uh, stability goes, it's not dumping me in the middle of something. So that's actually good. <laughs> that's actually why, what I was worried about. Okay, are all these hamsters, are, are they end up in, it's like, are they end up in the middle of the parking lot or whatever? I mean, literally buried in the asphalt. So, you know, maybe when you die, Madman, uh, you'll walk through the pearlies and there will be. A whole bunch of hamsters and guinea pigs staring at you. <laughs> uh, Kenny, hello there, Kenny, wherever you are on Skype. Hey, how's it going? It's fine. Hey, uh, yeah, that was going to be my question because you guys went to break and uh, why didn't he end up in space and you guys forgot to answer that question. Um, so that that was my question. That was going to be reminding you to ask so that. So your, your, your whole call is now useless. Or do you have, an, do you have another question? <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a request. I, I do definitely have a request. Okay. Um, is, is there a way that you can come up with a compilation of uh, all, the, all the times JC called you and put it on as a, as a tribute? Because that guy was, was awesome. <laughs> I mean, okay. Well, maybe like a thank you, like a memorial. Because I think he's, well, you know, I, I shouldn't say it because J.C., I don't know where J.C. is. He may be. Yeah, I, I heard he was, a, I never listened to the show before yesterday, and I heard he was like some legendary heckler. So, <laughs> uh, Legendary heckler is a way to put it, I suppose. Um, hi there. You're on the air with Madman Markham. 
Hi, Art. Thank you for taking my call. I just have a quick question for sure. your guest today. And, sure. uh, I guess I'm, I'm curious to know about his familiarity with the intergalactic gravitational uh, transportation associated with his time travel. I missed the first half of the call. I'm just curious to know if he used electricity to increase the magnetism and the gravity within his warehouse when he traveled. Oh, you've got a... You, are you a time traveler? Uh, you know, no, member of our time traveler club is what I mean. No, I'm not, Art. Oh, goodness. Uh, you need to go back and hear the beginning of this program because we detailed everything, and we can't go through it again. Uh, no my, my, my fault. Yeah, if you go, if you go to the, I think if you go to YouTube, even the original 1995 interviews are on there. So that's right. Uh, well, of course, the big experiment is not part of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The early stuff. Yeah, there's quite a bit happens from 1997 up till. The, I should say. Uh, yeah, 2000. So. I'm. I'm. So I'm sorry, caller. You'll have to find a way to hear the show. Uh, that's. That's all I can say. All right. Uh, let's see if we can quickly do one before a masked man on Skype. Hello. Hello. Going once. Hello. Yes. Art. Yes. Yeah, I, I got a question. I'm wondering if he knows whether he is in the same dimension he left in. You know what I mean? Did yes, he I go do. to another Earth with another universe? <laughs> it's a good question. Yeah, like well, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah like alternate reality. So, yeah, it, uh, would, it would make sense even, you know, if it, all your stuff has vanished. Well, none of your well, stuff. I mean, the change in you would really expect you, none yeah, of your the, stuff. Well, the change in technology. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One, one at a time here. Caller, go ahead. You would really expect none of your stuff to be around. It would be missing. It wouldn't be in the warehouse. You know, that's a kind of a thought. Mike, what do you think? Uh, that's actually a possibility. I have no way of like, knowing for certain uh, what the heck happened. But, maybe, and, uh, when, and, maybe, maybe when you vanished, it did too. What, what, uh, I've got a question. Was there anything on the floor? Were there scar marks? Were there drag marks? Anything at all? Um, no, there was actually a new tenant there. So <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I knew it. So, I mean, if there was anything, uh, basically, with the well, where my the the main uh, contraption was, I guess you could call it the main uh, uh, vortex generator or whatever you want to call it. Uh, where that was, there was a bunch of pallets stuck there. It's like stacked there, so. <laughs> A bunch if it was drag pellets. if there was uh, skid marks or whatever they were covered up so <sighs> another tenant um very quickly you're on the air with madman Markham coming up in a break hi hello art welcome back to the airwaves so uh, this is Ryan out in the middle of the Sonoran desert in Buckeye Arizona hey, hey there hi um I just wanted to know if there was a missing uh person uh report. Because if somebody's jumped through something as he describes and there's witnesses, people are going to panic, like the owner of the building, you know, potentially manslaughter, homicide, being complicit in. Not to mention and, his uh, family. Yeah. Hold on, caller. Hold was... on. We're getting an answer. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah, well, my family thought basically thought I more or less vaporized myself. David in Los Angeles writes something that, um, as I bring back this caller and uh, Mike, I think you all should hear. Art, I'm a real estate broker, and whenever someone just disappears from a property, 
We call a company to trash everything inside. Most times we have no idea, nor do we care what's going into the dumpster. Then we rent to a new tenant. That's how it works. Uh, caller, you're back on with uh, Madman Mike. Yes, sir. And I just, um, you know, it's a very fascinating story. I'm, I'm kind of like thinking maybe this was a story that would have been good for truth or trash. It's just there's too many holes in the story. Like what? A guy disappear- well, a guy disappears for two years, and law enforcement, the media is not alerted. Uh, somebody panicking that witnessed this. I, I looked for the guy myself. Well, and then he appears uh, out of the field, out of the homeless shelter. There's got to be a record of, of him appearing there. And I'm then sure there is. Jobs. Okay, Mike, is there a record of you, your appearance at the homeless shelter? Um, yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, they had security cameras in there, so... Well, I, I mean, paper, still, right? I don't know if they still have that footage from this. Keep in mind, this was 15 years ago, so I don't know if they still have the footage or not, but... Well, I understand it, but extraordinary claims, you have to have extraordinary evidence. I mean, it's a great story, but there's a lot of holes, especially where you disappear and there's all these witnesses. Nobody goes to the cops. No one goes to the media. And then, like you said, the credit cards. Actually, the me- hold it, hold it, hold it. One thing at a time. Yes, You're blasting a lot of things. Uh, the media, The media did pay attention, and the media did, including me, nationally, went on the air and said, um, Madman is gone. We can't find him. And other media looked into it as well. Um, now, as Pilates will tell you, people disappear. It happens. And gone because of, go ahead. Gone because of this. Uh, him jumping into uh, through his, his yeah through his uh, time machine or just disappearing off the grid. It's two different things. I'm not trying to be critical. Or no, you can be critical. It's fine. Be I critical. The story is just like, you know, family members would have panicked, okay? If somebody would have said, hey, you know, your son, your daughter, your whatever, would have jumped through something like that. And he said they assumed that he vaporized. Well, I would think they would go to the police. And I would, too. The, um, and the and guy and that owns the building. Well, um, all right, that's yet something else. You're jumping ahead. All right. Uh, Mike, let me ask you this. Uh, your family... Um, I say I ask that too. Um, I look. I don't know, and I don't. I, I have no right to pry, but I don't know how close you were to your family. I don't know anything about you in with that regard. I mean, um, so are you surprised they didn't file a police report? Well, I mean, I was actually uh, for. I mean. Kind of, but not really. I mean, I talk to him every, like, I mean, I don't call him, like, every day and tell him what I'm doing or anything like that. I mean, usually I call, I call him every, I'd say maybe every few weeks. So, um, yeah, but. They, I mean, okay, I, let's try this. I, they knew what you were doing, didn't they? Yeah, and I figured, well, okay, maybe, it, yeah, they assume, okay, it's, I, I, I figured they'd have a, I mean, none of them have a life insurance policy that they tried to collect or anything like that, so. Um, well, I'll tell you this. I figured, if I were writing a policy, uh, and there was no, uh, and there was no, uh, okay, I figured maybe if the world assumes I'm dead, maybe there will be a death certificate of me. No, I'm, they, I guess the, the world assumed I'm still alive, so because I can't find a death certificate on me. Well, after about a year, they can do that, I, or maybe it's more than that. I really don't know, but I, well, I me neither. Tra- so <laughs> I was trying to say, if uh, I was to ask, if I was asked to write a policy on you, 
uh, and I was the underwriter, I'd say no, no, no chance. Yeah, I mean, only, yeah, I mean, the, the premiums for that would be insane. So. Everybody has to remember, everybody knew what Mike was doing. Uh, he had been arrested. He had uh, been in jail. He had collected this equipment. Then he had collected um, uh, donations and money from broadcasting that we did. Uh, he had the warehouse. We know about that. And he had the resources to build the stuff he talked about. So we know an awful lot. Uh, granted, there are some we don't know, but we know that much. Uh, William on Skype, you're on the air. Roswell Zerk Bell. I beg pardon? Roswell Zerk Bell. Well, Roswell's right back to you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mike, I've got a question for you. Okay. You said when you put your, when you put your small animals through, they wound up either east or west. Yep. Was it always the same direction or was it one or the other? Uh, it was, um, as far as I could tell, as far as trying to figure out if there was a pattern to it, it was, east, east or west was random. So. So they either went east or west, but never north south, caller. It doesn't make sense to me. Okay. If he's traveling forward in time, he should always go in the same direction and either wind up above the ground or under the ground. Well. And my next question is, if you saw them appear, did they appear underground or did they appear above the ground and fall to the ground? Well, I mean, they were appeared above the ground. I mean, they were, like, basically on the surface of the ground. They weren't under the ground. And okay. I think we didn't arrive, come back dead, so I'm assuming they didn't, uh, like, pop in, like, high enough above the ground to where the fall killed them. So, Were any of them um, physically affected in any way that you could detect, uh, Mike? No, I mean, they were perfectly fine, as far as I could tell. No no burn marks. They were, I mean, <laughs> I mean they even had their same appetite. They had. I mean, as far as you could, like, as far as like, you could physically tell, nothing, they were, nothing changed. So, okay, all right. Uh, let's Obviously, go. Uh, it did something. It probably did something to the nervous system. But if, as you pointed uh, out, they can't talk. Yeah. So certainly did something to your nervous system. Hi there. You're on the air with Madman Markham. Oh man, that's such a wonderful broadcast. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Um, Mike, uh, this is just a phenomenal story. I've been following it for well, eighteen years now, twenty years, however long it's been. Um, I've had a lot of thoughts on, on ways you can do it. I'm kind of surprised that you've used as many animals as you have. Um, the technology has evolved quite a bit now. Um, if you do build again, and if you were to try to put items through, um, what about using something like GPRS or some sort of a tracker or a beacon mm. and shielding it with like a Mylar bag, uh, having, it, having the Mylar bag pop, with, say, like a CO2 canister on a timer, and then you could also try to record, like, a stopwatch or have some other way to really see how much time has passed on one side of the coin. Well, you can't uh, take anything metallic through. And, and well, by the way, caller, uh, by the way, real quick, uh, hold on, caller, uh, real quick, uh, how many animals would you put through before you personally jump through? Well, I would at least put through something with some level of intelligence like a dog. I, I hate to say that because I'm a dog lover. But something that can sit, shake, something that can... If, if I could see that it recognizes demand, <laughs> yes. has some level of senti sentience after it, uh -huh. I might feel comfortable going through. Okay. 
Well, um, I, I guess Mike may have considered and possibly rejected sending a dog or a cat. There was a rumor about a cat. But yeah, I, I, I do yeah, understand. Yeah, the cat. Well, the cat. Yeah, yeah, the cat never happens. So, a lot of cat lovers out of there, uh, out there who would uh, who'd be upset. Yeah, and I didn't want Peta knocking on my door. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, somebody uh, calling themselves Manila Thrilla, you're on. Hey, Art. It's Mike from Burbank. Hey, Mike. I spoke to you on uh, Truth or Trash. Okay. Um, hey, um, so the guy, you know, had money. So did he have the money in the bank? Did he have a lot of interest when he got out? When he you with know, the guy, you mean? Years you mean Madman had money? Yeah. What happened to his bank accounts? What happened to the utilities that he was paying? Was he in arrears? Did he take care of that? After you've been gone two years, uh, it's all a good question, really, uh, Mike. Um, did no. you have Did you have money in the bank? I you were not a you rich guy. You know what? Guy. I wish I did. Basically, it was like one of those deals where it was like maybe a dollar or something. I mostly spent all the money on basically parts for this thing, so. <laughs> I, I believe it, totally. So, and as far as uh, the utilities go, usually once you get 20, once you get 30 or 60 days behind, they shut it off, so I'm assuming that's what, the, what's what happened. They certainly do. So, I mean, my, basically when I came back, my credits was trashed, so yeah, that's probably what happened. <laughs> okay, caller? Okay, okay, Art, thank you. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Uh, you're on with Madman Markham. Hello. Hello? Yes, hi. Hey, um, yeah, uh, I'm here, and it's like, it's. I'm, I'm here looking on the Internet, and it says that uh, says that his stuff melted down. Or, oh, now, his, where did you, um, if I can ask, where did you read that? Um, it's it's uh, the infobarrel.com. <laughs> I bet there's yeah, a million there's, rumors there's about a, what happened. A, yeah, there's about uh, half. Most of those stories uh, don't take it word for word. Basically, what they're doing. Since I was uh, more or less kept to myself for the past fifteen years, so more or less people guessing what happened. And well, you know, you tell a story and you pass it to the next guy, and it changes a little bit. Well, fifteen years for that, it's going to be something totally different. Like I don't know where that cat came from, that cat story came from, but it didn't come from me. So <laughs> well, anyhow, anyhow, I, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just gonna. I just got a quick question for you here. Okay, now now you talk about about body mass, right? And maybe maybe you got projected two years in, into the future because your body mass is larger than, like, let's say a smaller animal. If if you get what I'm saying, like if you send something through. It appears a minute later. Yeah, so if you're if you're larger, you're going to get projected further. That's like yeah, that's actually uh, crossed my mind. I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive. I mean, like uh, if you're taking a rocket to the moon or whatever, I mean, it usually takes more energy to transport more mass. So, I think it would be working in reverse, but maybe that's not the case. So, yeah, it's a possibility. So, yeah. You know, nobody should imagine that Mike has all the answers. Uh, he doesn't, and how could he? Oh yeah, he has oh, told yeah. well, he, you know he has told you what he knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that was just a theory on my part. You know, so oh, nothing wrong with it. Throwing that out there. No, yeah. no, it's good you did. Well, Thank you. I mean, yeah. Okay, I mean, well, hey, like, hey, thanks a lot, and I'll, I'll let you go so uh, you can get into more callers. Thanks. All right, take care. Um, yeah, Mike, I I don't expect you to have all the answers. You have given us what 
you can give us uh, about what happened, uh, what happened to the animals, what happened to the inanimate objects, and then what happened to you. That doesn't mean you have all the answers behind, you know, how it happened, why it happened. And yeah, I mean, that's why I'm trying to figure That's why I'm trying to figure out. And most of this stuff at this point is pretty much uh, hands-on trial and error. So, or educated guess, I guess you could say. You could have tried to cash in on this a long, long time ago. You could have written a book, probably had a movie uh, out of this, uh, no less. Uh, so, I, I frankly, I hope you do kind of cash in on it. Let's, uh, uh, I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of, at this point, I'm basically at the point where it's kind of a requirement if I want to basically advance the research, more or less. So and that I'm is really, really what you want. Money. I'm doing it for basically the, uh, I guess, the, the learning, I guess. Yeah, and that really is what you want, isn't it? You want to continue the research. Um, yeah. Uh, that must be you starting your computer up to continue it's, your research. <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh, it was an automatic restart of the computer. It's uh, having to be sitting in front of. So <laughs> I understand. Um, all right, let's go to Hartsville, South Carolina. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Hello. Hi, this is Ness from South Carolina. Uh, you're kind of hard to hear, so uh, get close to the phone or something. Oh, hi, Art. This is Ness from South Carolina. Much better. Thanks yes. Taking a call. Yes. Uh, hey, Mike, I have a question, maybe somewhat off topic. I was just curious, let's say your creation or experiment would allow you to travel back in time to any period or moment you wanted. I was just wondering what time and why would you visit it, and is there anything you would change about it? Um, well, you know, believe it or not, I never really considered it because as far, every basically every way I know uh, every way I know it only goes forward it, it, and even when it goes backwards it only, you can't go back to the before uh, the, the day before you turned it on so um I never really thought about it too hard I mean there's quite I mean yeah, if you went back to the day before you built it <laughs> Well, that, that well, here's the here's the thing about uh, going backwards in time. I mean, this is why even theoretical physicists uh, basically say you can't go backwards in time. For one, it violates every conservation law basically there is because, well, you can go back and meet yourself and then do that an infinite number of times. <laughs> that's a lot of free. Basically, that's a lot of mass energy from nowhere. Boy, it sure <laughs> is. Well, you know, it's just been a, an amazing story with you now, go, you know, spanning now decades. And I just wonder what the next step is. I I, I like the idea of a, a book, um, but in terms of your actual experimentation, on the one hand, you could say, I'm done. I don't want to die. On the other hand, you could say, I'm not done. I'm still in my prime. And if I did a big machine before i can do a bigger one now or do it better well i don't know about bigger i mean that was pretty the last one was pretty big and i did basically there was like a oh geez there was like probably four or five years worth of experimentation i could do with that before i decided to rate basically i want to get out learn all i can i mean it's kind of like building a bigger and bigger particle accelerator you don't you want to basically <laughs> milk it for all it's worth before you go build a bigger one <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> a very fast question, maybe from Connecticut. I think. Hello. 
Hi, um, am I speaking? You are, but you've got very little time, so if you have a question, fire it okay. out. Yeah, um, I just wanted to know, do you really think it's time or probability space? Because I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as the past or future, it's all the now, and you're really just changing probability. Um, Mike, you have any comments on that? Um, well, I'm kind of like, if you ever read those uh, books by Brian Greene, he has like four of them on uh, quantum physics and all that. My, my, this, is, this is my personal view, but my personal view is basically the future is actually every possible future exists simultaneously. We just can't see it. 